Welcome to Thoughts on Thriving, a holistic lifestyle and wellness podcast that's here to help you become the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself. I'm your host, Ava, a registered dietitian in training and health and wellness junkie. I'm so excited to have you here as I dive deep into meaningful conversations covering topics from nutrition and mental health to spirituality and self-development and everything in between with experts in many fields. I'm so happy you're choosing to learn how to thrive today. Let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughts on Thriving. Thank you for coming back for another episode or welcome if you're new here. Today's episode is going to be a really good one. They're all really good. I say that every time, but this week we have on Elizabeth from Absence of Proof on the show. Absence of Proof is a non-alcoholic bar pop-up in New York City, and after discovering it myself and talking to Elizabeth at the last event, I just had to have her on the show and just kind of pick her brain, hear more about why and how she started the pop-up, and we talk all about not only her journey with building Absence of Proof starting it just a few months ago, but also, you know, our relationship to alcohol socializing without alcohol. We dive into all these topics on the show and I'm trying out a new sort of format where I do shorter episodes, shorter interviews. Make sure to let me know what you think of that over on Instagram at thoughts.on.thriving. And before I let you all listen to the interview, I just wanted to remind you all that today is the first day of the 14 days of magic challenge that I'm doing. So If you guys didn't listen to the last episode or haven't listened to some of the previous episodes, Magic Mind is a sponsor of this show. Magic Mind is a productivity drink. It's a little shot made with matcha and adaptogens and nootropics, and it's delicious. I take it all the time to be productive, to study, to go to work, to do everything. So I am a big, big fan, and they are doing a challenge this month called 14 Days of Magic. And so... Today is the first day that I will be starting the challenge, so I'll be setting up my goals for myself to be my best self for 14 days. Just as a reminder, the purpose of the challenge is to basically challenge yourself to be your best self for 14 days while also saving the Amazon rainforest, which is really cool in the process. So if you just post content on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube with the hashtag 14 days of magic then Magic Mind is going to donate money to Saving the Amazon Rainforest, which is really, really awesome. So my three goals I wanted to share with you all really quickly before we get into this episode. I mean, Elizabeth and I talk about being your best self and how alcohol wasn't making either of us feel like our best self. So maybe you want to be sober for 14 days and try that out, maybe not drink for a couple weeks, or maybe your goals are a little bit less health and wellness oriented, but more kind of mindset, whatever it is, I'd love for you all to join me. And my goals are going to specifically be A, getting more sleep. So my first goal is to go to bed before midnight because I've been really bad about going to bed late and just not having boundaries with my bedtime. So I need to be better about that. And that's one of my goals because, you know, when your sleep is good, everything else is good in life. And my other goal is really to boost my productivity in these next 14 days. So I'm currently studying for the RD exam right now, about to become a registered dietitian, fingers crossed, but my studies require a lot of focus and discipline. So 
these next 14 days, I really want to use Magic Mind and just use this challenge to really focus and dive deep into the information and be on a really strict study schedule. I know that might not relate to most people, but that is definitely something that I'm focused on right now. And then my third change that I want to implement is reading more. So I have like so many books on my bedside table right now, and I just don't make the time to read. I'll watch TV instead or scroll on social media. And I really, really want to be more diligent about not doing that and putting that time into reading because we all have time. We just allocate it to different things. So I think it's really important to be disciplined with what you're using or what you're spending your time on. So I want to spend my time reading more and not being on screens as much. So that is my third goal. Those are the three things that I'm doing in these next two weeks to be my best self. And Magic Mind is going to help me along the way, not only with my studying, but just being more alert and aware and present throughout my entire day. So if you all want to join me, I would love that. And we can maybe do it together on Instagram as well. So if you are interested, definitely make sure to pick up a package of Magic Mind at magicmind.co, www.magicmind.co, and you can use the code THRIVING14, thriving 14 to get your package for 20% off and that comes with 15 bottles you'll have enough for the whole challenge and you can set your own goals to become your best self and if you post content with that hashtag 14 days of magic then you'll be entered to win the contest and I'll pick a winner and the winner will get a three-month free supply of magic mind which is incredible And I'll announce the winner around the end of November. So if you can't join me right now for these two weeks, that's totally fine. You have until the end of November to enter the contest. So with that being said, I am going to let you all listen to this amazing interview. I hope you all enjoy this episode with Elizabeth. I hope you all also join me in becoming your best self on this 14 Days of Magic contest. And... I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think over on Instagram at thoughts.on.thriving. And if you're feeling called, I would love if you could leave a five-star rating and review as well on Apple Podcasts. Okay, enjoy. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for being on Thoughts on Thriving today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Of course. Yeah. So I'm really excited for our conversation. For anyone who doesn't know you and what you do, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, my name is Elizabeth. I run a company called Absence of Proof, which is a non-alcoholic bar pop-up and also event curation, kind of like catering style um, company. So it's been super fun, a really good adventure. Uh, It's very new. I've only been doing this for like three or four months now, Um, but it's been so much fun. Amazing. Yes. I actually met you at the last Absence of Proof event and um, it was just so amazing to see like all the people you brought together and all of these non-alcoholic cocktails and drinks, like all of these things come together and, and come to life in an event. So I am really loving what you're doing. And, you know, I I would really love to know kind of what the inspiration was behind this, because I'm pretty sure you were telling me like you still work your nine to five job right now. And I I don't imagine it's easy to start this sort of like pop-up event in New York City. So why did you do it? What was the inspiration behind Absence of Proof? 
Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely not easy. Um, so yeah, so I, I've had an on and off relationship with alcohol for pretty much my whole like adult life. I was kind of a rebellious teen, definitely partied way before I should have been. Um, and so I actually stopped drinking for the first time when I was 19 in college. Um, and so I went completely sober for three years. Um, I just felt like it was not serving me. And I, I just felt like I wasn't, this sounds cheesy, but I felt like I wasn't the best version of myself. And I wasn't like the person that I knew that I could be. So I tried to remove all of the things that I knew were bringing me down and alcohol was definitely one of them. Um, so anyway, I stopped drinking for three years. And in those three years, I really, like my life just transformed. I felt like I finally got to a place that I was really proud of. Um, and so I felt like I could reintroduce alcohol in moderation. Um, and I did, and like, by no means was it damaging to my life or relationships, but I just didn't feel like it was additive. Like I didn't feel like it was making me actively a better person. So um, earlier this year in January, I completely cut out drinking. And when I first moved to New York, I've been in New York for two years now. Um, drinking was a huge part of my life. Cause like, I mean, you live here, like the New York party culture is pretty <laughs> intense. And so I was like, okay, I want to make this decision for myself to stop drinking, but I don't want to stop like the New York party lifestyle. Cause that's a huge like perk of being here. Um, and so I was like, okay, what if I just threw the same type of like energy parties as exist in New York, but without alcohol, like, I wonder if people would show up, um, so far so good. So that's kind of how it started. So interesting. I love it. That that's so cool that you were sober basically throughout college because I feel like that's not really heard of <laughs> and that for me was like the peak of my drinking as it is with most people and so I'd love to know just kind of like what it was like being sober in college how was the socializing how did that like have an impact on your college experience yeah honestly like I wish I could say like it was awesome and it like didn't affect it at all but like it was really lonely like college is a huge time um for people drinking and partying and like you know I never went to like frat I think I went to like one frat party and I was sober and I was like this is not it for me like I do not need to be here um but yeah really lonely I felt like people didn't really understand like like now I think even my friends that drink heavily are, are very much in like party scene like they don't they don't care at all that I don't drink they're like okay we're like you're doing you but I think that comes with age and maturity and I think that you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, like you're also finding yourself too. And partying, I think is a very easy way to like make friends and be a part of a group. And so I felt like I was no longer a part of that group. So I felt very lonely and it was hard. I would say that was the hardest part is like not feeling like I fit in, in a time in life when you're really like desperate to fit in. Totally. And in a place where that is, you know, the only way to fit in, basically it was like, kind of you drink or you don't have a social life at least where I went to school where'd you go um so I actually transferred a lot I went to four different colleges um oh, wow. okay. so yeah so I started <laughs> at an art school um and then I went to community college and then I went to University of Washington and that's where I graduated from how about you okay cool I went to UC Berkeley in California Oh, amazing yeah and I mean people think like, oh, a bunch of nerds, but like the drinking culture <laughs> was still really heavy there too. No, nerds drink for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's just kind of, it's wherever you go, it's, there's going to be alcohol involved in most kind of social settings. So I really, really appreciate what you're doing with absence of proof and kind of just normalizing, not drinking. We had Lily Geiger from Philia on. She's the founder of if anyone isn't aware, um, the non-alcoholic aperitivo company called Filia. And 
if you haven't listened to that episode, you definitely should. But she and I kind of spoke about this, about like how it should just be just as normal to not have a drink at dinner or wherever you are as it is to have a drink. And I think that like absence of proof is definitely a really great way to start the normalization process, which is why I love what you're doing so much. But I'm curious with the pop-ups, like has it been mostly people who are sober and don't drink or is it people who are kind of interested or just coming out for a night of not drinking? Yeah, I would say probably 50, 50 people that don't drink at all versus people that do drink. I I would say sober curious is the term that I would describe pretty much everyone that comes because you have to have at least some interest in like not drinking to even be attracted to an event like this. It was funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You were at the last event. So I don't know if you saw this, but like this group of guys clearly very drunk, like they saw the step and repeat and they thought that it was like some, I don't know, event that they could get into. So they tried to buy tickets. And I was like, I like got their vibe and I was like, just so you know, this is non-alcoholic. And they all started like cracking up and they're like, yeah, this is not for us. (laughs) Um, So like, you know, it's not for everybody and that's okay. But to answer your question, yeah, most people are sober curious. Um, I think most people are at least reevaluating their relationship with alcohol. Um, And the the thing that I don't want to do is like preach sobriety. Like, like it, for me, alcohol is not something that I choose to consume, but like, I have no judgment toward anyone that does. And I think that just being intentional about like, I'm going to drink this night because I think it's going to enhance my experience. Um, or I'm not going to drink this night because I want to, you know, wake up sober, clear headed or whatever it is. Um, so just, just providing options is what I'm trying to do. Totally. And I think that's so important what you said about being intentional, intentional about your drinking, because I think a lot of people are doing it kind of blindly just because everyone else is or because that's the plan for that night, but really stopping and asking yourself, like, is this really what I want to do? And I'd also really like to know what your experience has been just in New York City. We kind of talked about being sober in college. It's lonely. Have you had like the same experience? Because I mean, I'll share a little bit about my journey with alcohol, but I drank a lot in college in the beginning. And then I kind of tapered down and I started becoming sober curious, like by sophomore, junior year of college. And I like wasn't really drinking that much. My friends would always like try to get me to drink. And then I kept kind of like backing away from it. It was hard because when you're in that kind of in-between stage, people aren't really respecting it. They're kind of just trying to get you to get on their side and drink. And then I moved to New York last year and I've been here for over a year now, but a few months into living in New York and going out in New York, I was able to evaluate and be like, okay, I've been drinking a lot more now that I've been here just because that's what people do. I've been going out and it's not making me feel good. So I like stopped cold turkey on, I think it was like October 22nd. So almost a year now. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. It's not like I'm it's not like I don't want people to think I'm like sober like and because I think it's a very different energy of like having alcoholism having to be sober and like just doing it because it doesn't serve you so I I do want to like respect people who actually deal with the disease because it is you know a mental health problem but I I've definitely like it it hasn't been the easiest being not uh like being sober basically in New York and so Without absence of proof before you started, what was your experience here in this city? Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't I don't know if you're like single or dating or like what your experience is with that, but I don't know if I could have done it as easily if I had been single. So like when I first moved to New York, I was single and like dating a lot. And I feel like part of the dating culture is like drinking. Like you're going out, you're drinking, like it's meeting for drinks. And like there's nothing wrong with that. But 
it's like kind of awkward, like to be like, oh, I don't drink. Like, I don't know. But anyway, so I met my current partner uh, over a year ago now. And he's like very, he drinks like maybe once a month. Um, and so it was a very easy transition for me to be like, oh, like, because I don't really want to drink by myself. And he wasn't drinking. So it was super easy. And uh, so I don't feel a lot of that peer pressure anymore. But I'm curious, like what your experience is with that. Yeah, I mean, I also have a boyfriend and we've been dating for like almost three years now. So it's been <laughs> quite the easy transition because yeah. I mean, he's been with me since I started questioning my relationship with alcohol. And like when we started dating, I was already not really into it and not really drinking that much. Um, and then he's also like your partner has not been drinking that much, like drinks maybe once a month at most. And it's been a really easy like you said, transition. And also like, I think when you're in a relationship, there's, you know, your social life doesn't really revolve around drinking as much if you don't want it to, because you always have another person who doesn't want to drink with you if that's the case, which it sounds like it is for you and I. So it does make it easy uh, or easier, but I would say still just with trying to meet new people, especially because like, I'm like post-grad trying to, you know, put myself out there in New York. And it's just like, not the easiest with, with not drinking and like not going out to bars and meeting people. So, you know, if, if someone is listening to this and maybe they're in New York, maybe they're not, but let's say they're in a city where, you know, maybe they don't have an option like absence of proof. Like what would your advice be on how to navigate socializing without alcohol in your twenties? Yeah, gosh, it's tough. I think, I think one, it just takes practice. Like for me, I would still go when I was in college, I would still go to like parties or bars or whatever like that. I would just get like a non-alcoholic cocktail, which very limited options at the time and definitely like college town. Um, but I think I would just try to like fly under the radar. Like I wouldn't want people to know I wasn't drinking because then they'd make a thing out of it. But like if they don't know you're not drinking, like you can still have the same type of fun. Um, I think one thing for me is I was just like I would get like very annoyed with like really drunk people. Like I'd be like, I don't want to talk to someone who's like so drunk. Like it's not it doesn't feel authentic, like an authentic connection to me. Um, so that's one thing that I am trying to foster with absence of proof is like, yes, it's a fun place with good drinks, but it's also like the community that you get when you get when you go there. So, yeah, I think if you don't live in a city that has the options like that. I don't know. I think when I first started drinking, I really started focusing on other hobbies. Like that's when I got like my yoga teacher certification and things like that. So like, I think just throw yourself into something that you're really passionate about because now you have all this time and like all these mornings that you're not hungover that you can now like do something cool with. Yeah. I mean, the mornings not hungover, that's the best. And you literally could do whatever you want on a Saturday or a Sunday and it feels so good. So if anyone's like on the fence about just trying not living with alcohol or not drinking, I mean, for me, it was even just like one drink would make me so groggy and tired the next day. And now I can do whatever I want on the weekends and like go to workout classes, go do things, explore the city. And it's not dragging me down, but what you said about, you know, socializing without alcohol and like still going to things. I think that's also a really important point because I also would just I would do everything my friends would do just without drinking. And I think that that helps to kind of feel like you're still included and doing things. But I think slowly you start kind of moving away from like going out with them at night or maybe like going to those things and you start trying to like do other things with them. So maybe inviting them to go to a yoga class with you or um, do some sort of hobby, like you said, I think is really important because you can only like go out and pretend to be interested in these drunk conversations for so long. And sometimes it is really fun if there's other activities like dancing or, 
you know, it's a group of people that you're you really love or want to hang out with. But I think sometimes it would it just like isn't you come home and you're you feel kind of empty. So yeah. I really like what you said about like trying to find other hobbies. Totally. Yeah. I think that's been one challenge with absence of proof is like the event curation aspect of like, you can't just like throw everybody in a room with no alcohol. Like people are like, well, whatever, what do we do? Like, these are all people that like want to do things and like, you know, be more interactive. And I think that my first event, that was a big learning is like people want things to do. So for the second, we had like lots of board games and things like that, which I think really helped like foster connection. So I'm always looking for feedback too. on like more ideas for for activities at events, because I think that just makes it more fun and more easy to talk to somebody that you don't know, too. Yeah, totally. I really liked all the like games and there was like Jenga on one table, all these different things. And I thought that was really creative because it is kind of like, what are we supposed to do here? (laughs) (laughs) No, literally. Um, But everyone is super friendly and like wants to talk and meet people, which I really loved because I feel like sometimes when you're at a bar, people are just trying to like be with their friends, but people were really like, warm and welcoming and inviting so if you're in New York City and we haven't convinced you yet you should definitely (laughs) check out absence of proof soon just like on the drink side of things I am so curious do you come up with the drinks yourself do you work with like a mixologist what's the process with that yeah so it's a combination of things so the menu is split up between like ready to drink meaning like a canned beverage and a cocktail um so the non-alcoholic cocktails a lot of them I did kind of make myself through a lot of trial and error. Um, like I don't have any sort of beverage history and it was just like making my boyfriend try this and he'd be like, this is disgusting. <laughs> like, okay. So we're going to edit that. Um, I would also say, so the, the venue that we host at Cobert coffee, um, they have a bar at night. And so a lot of their bartenders, um, that I like work with and hire for my events are trained in bartending. So like, sometimes they'll take, like, they'll try my drink and be like, Hey, I think we should add this. So I'm super grateful for their collaboration. And then also, um, the events are sponsored by different brands. So like ritual, for instance, is a big sponsor of mine and they're amazing. And they'll send me recipes of like, Hey, you should like try this out or like take your own spin on this. So for the October event, we're doing like a full fall themed menu, which I'm really excited about. Um, so yeah, so stay tuned for that. But there's been a lot of help from my brand partners on that. That's so fun. I'm so excited. I loved the cocktails at the last event. I wish everyone listening could like go to these. And I know know. like not everyone lives in New York, but the spicy margarita literally tasted like a spicy margarita, like with alcohol in it. And I don't know how you did that, but it was delicious. So great job with kind of just the drinks and the menus and everything is super curated and looks like just a nice event. It doesn't look kind of thrown together, which I really appreciate as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you're doing an amazing job with everything you're doing with absence of proof. And I want to know what your favorite cocktail is before we start wrapping up the lychee martini. Like that was always my go-to. Um, so that's like one of my favorite. I also put like, I think it's a French 75 is what they call it. French 74. I always get it wrong, but it's, um, like a rosé based uh, like a champagne kind of cocktail um, using Shirley wines and that one I don't know if you tried it at the last event but I'm gonna keep that on the menu because I love it uh, and it was super popular so and then the spicy marg with mingle mocktails so what we did with that is mingle mocktails is like a canned mocktail and um, they have this key lime margarita flavor and I was like okay I love them I want to use their product but I want to make it like just like a, a sophisticated like in a glass type of thing um so then we basically use their drink as a base and then add like jalapenos and everything to make it spicier um so if you want that at home that's the life hack for that but um 
Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's amazing. People can go try that. Yeah. And then just last to wrap this up, I want to know, I, I mean, you did share a big learning with kind of, you know, people are coming and want to be occupied with something, but what is something maybe that you learned about, you know, the non-ALK space or just in general about event planning from hosting these pop-ups and, and starting Absence of Proof? Yeah, I think like just to zoom out, like this is so cheesy, but like really you can do anything you set your mind to. Like I literally, I had no idea how to plan an event. I had no idea how to make a mocktail, like anything like that. And like, you can literally find anything on Google. So I would say like to anybody listening, whatever idea you have, like just go for it. Like literally just start because you'll be like amazed in like two months what you've had had accomplished. And like, that doesn't mean there aren't hard days. Like I've literally sobbed like multiple days being like, I'm going to mess everything up. People are paying me. You're going to have a hard time. Like you get all of these imposter syndrome, like thoughts. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned is just like, it's not that hard to do things. Like you just got to do it, you know? I love that. That's so motivating for anyone who's been like sitting on an idea or wanting to make a change in their life. Like I always say nothing changes if nothing changes. So just like change something, do something and like go out there. And I think action is really important. We can sit and like manifest and write our intentions and do all that stuff. But if you're not going to like combine it with aligned action and doing things that you intend to do, it's not going to amount to anything. So Love that advice and love that, that learning. And I bet you're learning so much along the way. So I'd love to just check in with you like a year from now and see like what you've learned then and all, all the things. Of Um, course. Well, we'll see you a lot before then. I'm so so glad you reached out. This is so much fun. So much fun. And for anyone who is in New York or is coming to New York, wants to find you on Instagram and um, also check out the actual events I know you're doing a residency for October so it's going to be every Friday night right so it's actually at the first so it's a little confusing based on availability (laughs) so it's uh starting the 8th of October so that's a Saturday and then the following two Saturdays and then ending with a Halloween party on the 28th which is the Friday of Halloween weekend which is a costume party so I'm excited to see what you wear (laughs) yeah I will definitely be there so if you're in New York you guys should all come that's so exciting that you have it every weekend for a whole month. It's crazy. Amazing. Not sleeping. That's all I'm telling you. You're also working a nine to five job. I do not know how you're doing it. And then where can we find absence of proof on like Instagram, online yeah. website? So the handle is absence of proof on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. Um, and then absenceofproof.com, you can subscribe to our email list there, um, which is how you can also stay up to date. But um, link to buy tickets is in my Insta bio. So it should be pretty simple. But yeah, I would say to anybody listening, like feel free to DM, reach out. Like I love talking to people in the community. And like, if you have any ideas for future events, like every, it was so funny because like the whole game thing came up because people like, and attended my first event and then like four people messaged me and they're like can you get Jenga and I'm like yeah (laughs) so like anyway if you have any ideas let me know I love that I love how community driven it is and how you're really like taking feedback into account so if anyone yeah is interested you definitely check it out definitely follow Elizabeth on Instagram and before we end I just have five rapid fire questions I like to ask everyone so the first one is, what is your favorite fruit? Strawberries. What's your sun sign? Libra. Oh, okay, cool. When yeah. is your birthday coming up? 
Yeah, so the first absence event is my birthday party. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's so, so exciting. It'll be birthday themed. We'll have some some hopefully fun surprises for that. Oh my god. Well, I'll be there. I Thank will you. come to that one and come celebrate with you. Yes. Um, what is one book that changed your life that you would recommend to everyone? You are a badass. I haven't ever read that one. I see it everywhere. Oh gosh. Like literally like it's worth the hype. Like it changes your whole outlook. Yeah. Definitely read it. Like go get it tonight. Okay. I I will. I will literally order on Amazon now. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. And then what's one habit or ritual you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you? Yoga. Absolutely. Me too. And last but not least, this show is called Thoughts on Thriving. So what are your thoughts on thriving? What do you think the key to thriving is? I think acknowledging your fear around starting something and like allowing that fear to be present and then doing it anyway. So like, like really just push yourself because you really only have one life. So do what you want to do and like go for it. Love it. That's perfect advice to end on. And I am so happy that we, you know, did this today. I'm so grateful for your time and I hope everyone enjoyed. Thank Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. Bye. Bye.